This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. And I have some labels here that I'm just going to kind of toss around, you know, loser, which was one that was said. You know, what people try to do is they try to take the word of a label and kind of pin it on you. And then they'll tell everybody else, oh, that person right there is a loser. Stay away from that person. You know, another word is like a cheater. You know, oh, you're a cheater. Maybe you cheated on a test. Maybe you cheated on your boyfriend. And people, oh, that person is a cheater. Here's another one, a liar. Stay away from that person. I don't trust that person. That person is a liar. Liar. Here's another one, powerless. Powerless. So funny because I have been labeled powerless even as a pastor. I had someone say that I did not operate in the power of God. That's a hard one. A bad mother. A bad mother. Maybe you didn't live up to the expectation of other mothers, or maybe you weren't the baker in the kitchen that took brownies, you know, to your kid's uh, birthday party, but all the other mothers did. Maybe you were labeled a bad mother. Maybe you're a bad mother because your kids plays video games. I don't know. Angry. Maybe you've been labeled angry. That person's just angry. Stay away from them. They're like the Tasmanian devil. They just rage everywhere. I'll put those labels there. Those are some bad labels. Here's some other labels as well. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. You know, one, there's someone that I know, a very dear sister of mine in the Lord. You know, I tell her often, I compliment her about how beautiful she is. And she says, I just want people to see my heart. That's what I want them to see. Beautiful. A mother. Maybe you've been labeled a mother. Maybe to your own children or a mother to many. A friend. Maybe you've been labeled a friend, a good friend. A daughter. How many of us are, well, we are all daughters. (laughs) That was for mother. But we're all daughters if you're female here. And, you know, most of all is we are a daughter to the king of kings. Amen. A sister. You know, I have many, many, many sisters. If you're female in here, you are my sister in the Lord. I say that word often. I call people sis, sister, sissy, you know. It's just what I do. A pastor. Maybe you've just been labeled a pastor and maybe have some expectation that you're to do this thing or be this way. A teacher. Maybe you've been labeled a teacher. So those are some, I would say, Probably positive labels, wouldn't you say? Some positive, some negative labels that we showed there. Um, Oftentimes we find ourselves kind of stuck in the identity of what others have labeled us. You know, maybe upon you, you've been labeled a failure, a failure in life. 
you know, and, and your parents have said, you're just a failure. You're not going to amount to anything. Maybe your brothers and sisters have said, you're just a failure in life. But we tend to find our identity in these labels, these titles, or possibly even our shortcomings in life. But I want to give you, um, I want to break down to you today of these labels, how the negative impact of the labels that we can receive in our life, and like I said, it then becomes our identity. It then becomes our mindset. It then becomes as this black cloud over us as this is just who I am. This is just what I've done. This is just what I'll always do. But I'm here to tell you, for those of us that are in Christ, is that when we are Christians, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as the Scripture says, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Amen? So we get that. We get that all things pass away, all things become new. And then we journey into this life of being a Christian. We journey into this life of being Christ-like. And still, even on this journey of being a Christian, and even on this journey of being Christ-like, we still have shortcomings. We still may not do it all perfectly. We still may not live up to, we still may try to get labels kicked to us at every turn, but I'm here to tell you that when we are placed in Him, in Him as our source, in Him as our trust, in Him as our identity, there is no label that can come, positive, negative, or neutral, that can even try to stick to you because you know who you are. Amen? So oftentimes, people and Christians will try to label you as well. Maybe you can think of an encounter even in your church life that people have tried to label you. But I'm here to tell you today that I hope that you get a new mindset of being in Him. When we believe these labels, when we, you know, maybe you have overcome addictions and people just keep you in the category of an addict. You're just an addict. I'm here to tell you that when we believe those labels, we are more quickly to give in to those temptations when a situation may arrive. But we have to believe when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have to believe that we are in Him, that our source is Him and our identity is in Him. Our identity is not our title, it's not our position, it's not what we do or don't do, it is being in Him. Our sufficiency becomes Christ's sufficiency. Amen? The solid firm is, and the biblical reality is that we are not our labels. There is only one label for those of us that are Christians, and that is being in Him. So I first want to go to Galatians 2 and 20. The power of purpose being in him. Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in 
by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I love this part because it says that when Christ was crucified, so was I. When he was on the cross, you may have heard people say, when he was on the cross, he was thinking about you. I love how God is a God of generations upon generations upon generations upon generations. When God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to this world because he loves us all, he did not say, I'm sending you for the disciples right now. God forethought this thing, sent Jesus here. Jesus went to the cross, fulfilled his purpose on this earth for a lifetime. For a world. For a world. So here we are as Christians. We are in him. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. I shared just a couple weeks ago about how, and I even shared it here Friday night. I, I don't mind sharing this again. Recently, I quit. I quit being a pastor. I said, nope, no more. God, you sent your son Jesus. You got him. Jesus got them all. They can just figure it out themselves. I am done. I quit because my normal was gone. I quit because I became such a target for people. My children was a target for people. And I said, you know what? Do I really want to put myself and my children through this anymore? You hear of T.D. Jakes and even Pastor Dollar and a lot of, um, of big-name preachers that they too have gotten to that point. And they too contemplated quitting in this thing called ministry and their purpose and their assignment. You look at Jesus. He was in the garden, you know, crying, lamenting, blood running down, you know, to fulfill his purpose on this earth. So I quit. I said, I quit my title of being a pastor. I went to the beach, and I was mad because I have one car, and I had to Uber there because Kyle had the car, and I wanted to be out, so I was just mad. This is just a real and a transparent moment, if you guys don't mind me just sharing. So I went to the beach, and I found myself on the beach and just wanted to be in my world, and this guy with two kids coming was playing around came to me and just started talking, heard my American accent, asking about Trump, and here I was thinking, I don't care about Trump, I'm not there. Um, I'm in Australia now. He said, why are you here? I said, well, for church, ministry, my husband and I are pastors. And he said, oh, that's really neat. He came from a Catholic background. And before I left, I heard the Holy Spirit say, pray with him. And I'm like, no, I quit. I'm not going to pray with him. So I was like, okay, I better pray with him. He may need something. So I said, can I pray with you? And he said, no, not me, but my children. You can, can pray with them. Their mother left them and left me. And my heart just dropped because that's my story. My mother left my father and me as well. I said, wow, God, you sent me up. You sent me up. So I said, all right, I'll pray. Grabbed his hand. Said a prayer over the children, but I didn't stop there. I said a prayer over him being a single father. And he looked at me crying, and he said, thank you. 
I've never heard a prayer like that ever before. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. It's a pleasure meeting you. So here I am. I grab my bag, walking off the beach, and I said to God, I said, okay, God, I won't quit. You totally set me up. I get it, I get it, I get it. It's my life. I get it, I get it. So I say that to say this. We all have a purpose here on this earth. We all have a purpose to fulfill on this earth. God has given us things in our heart that's, that's a passion or a desire. And those things that you are most passionate about, I believe, is part of what you are to fulfill on this earth. If you're a talker, God's gifted you with a gift of gab to speak to other people, to tell him about Jesus. If you care, deeply care for people, God has gifted you with a gift of care, with the ability to care, to love people, to be compassionate, to be selfless, to care for them. If you just love to help, God's given you that passion just to help. But I have realized even more in my life that it takes being in him. It takes being in him to fulfill everything that we are called and assigned to do in this life. I am a mother, yes. And it was interesting because I wasn't supposed to have children. But God gave me my children. And I'm so thankful because as a mother... My womb conceived amazing children. And the first thing that I did was I said, God, they are yours. Help me to teach them. Help me to be their mother. Because I had a great mother, don't get me wrong. But I also had some things in my life as a daughter with my mother that was not good. So I said, God, help me. I placed him in the center of this thing called motherhood. I'm raising teenage boys now, and he's teaching me all the way, but it takes being in him. As a daughter, I've learned how to to accept the love that God has for me, to believe the love that God has for me. To not identify his love with the love of humanity that humanity can give. If you've said God, given up on God just because of people and humanity and the love that comes from humanity, stop. Find the love that God has for you. Find his love. Amen? As a daughter, I've learned how to mother my children, as I said. He has equipped me for my children. He has graced my children to be my children in everything that we encounter on this earth. And same goes for you if you're a mother. He has equipped you and he will equip you to be a mother to your children. As a daughter of Christ, I've learned how to be a wife, how to love my husband how to care for him, how to, how to have a proper, how to have a pure view of even sex. I've put God in the center. I've placed him right there in the center. As a daughter, I've learned how to even be a sister to many in the body of Christ. 
I've learned how to forgive. I've learned how to lay myself down for others. I've learned how to care for hearts as a pastor. I've had to learn that in him. So I'm here to tell you that that just as Galatians 2 and 20 says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ the Messiah that lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in. We all know that it takes faith, that it takes belief. We first come to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It took faith to receive him as our Lord and Savior. It takes faith to believe his love for us as a son or a daughter. It takes faith to grab hold of and to believe and know the purpose that he has for us. I believe that if you don't believe that you can do a thing that God has purposed you to do, then you're not going to be able to fulfill it to the level that God would have for you. It takes being in him. That we live by faith, who loved us and gave himself up for us. It's Galatians 2 and 20. We all know of Paul. I've been really stuck on reading Paul in the word lately. We all know that Paul was a violent man. You know, and the labels that was placed upon him. Do you not know him? He was persecuting the Jews. He was persecuting people. But the violent nature of Paul was even nailed to the cross. Paul once was a self-righteous guy. He was being trained up in the synagogues, synagogues being taught um, in the synagogues. For Paul, only one label mattered when he received Jesus Christ was Christ lives in me and I in, am in him. And that is the same for us. So these old labels, maybe you've even wrestled from a young age into your adulthood about these labels. I don't know who you are. I've heard this all week about the labels, labels, labels. But the labels do not apply to us anymore. They don't apply. The old has washed away. The new has come. We are new in him. But we may still struggle, we may slip from time to time, but that is not our identity. Our identity is in him. I now want to go to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. If you'll flip there with me. says, but he said to me, my grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Look at that. His grace is enough for us all. His grace does not see gender. His grace doesn't see, oh, well, you're male and you receive my grace. No, his grace is sufficient for us all. When Jesus came, Jesus demolished the divide from, from Jew and Greek and every race and, and every distinction and every class. You don't have to be rich to, to receive Jesus Christ. You don't have to have it together. He says, come as you are. And his grace, favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. We as Christians have to believe that his grace is enough for us. Amen? Amen. That his grace is sufficient against any danger and it enables you to hear the trouble manfully. 
His grace is sufficient against any danger. The scripture that says, no weapon that forms against me shall ever prosper. Amen? My strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled, and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. A lot of times in church, people say you have to have it all together. You have to act this way and be this way. No, I'm not discounting taking the word, hearing the word, applying it to your heart, and then you doing the word. But I'm saying as if we don't know or if we make a mistake, let's be gracious one to another. It says here that God's grace is sufficient for us all. As a body of Christ, we should be so gracious one to another that if one falls down, that if one slips, that we're not like, boom, told you. It's come on, brother. Come on, sister. Come on, daughter. Come on, son. His grace is sufficient for you, and he loves you. And I'm going to invest by walking beside you because I believe in you just as much as he believes in you. And you have a purpose here on this earth. So if I have to grab you up and walk with you for five days, I'll walk with you for five days. If I need to teach you a thing in his word, I'll teach you that thing. Amen? Amen. His grace is sufficient. Amen. His strength and his power is made perfect and show themselves most effective in your weakness. I love that. Have you ever felt weak as a Christian? And have you ever felt condemnation come on as I'm not supposed to feel this way? Well, let me tell you, I have good news because the word says that, that his grace is most sufficient. He is strong in you even when you are weak. Amen? Amen? So Paul goes on to say, Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and my infirmities. Paul is saying that he will glory in his weaknesses and his infirmities. That the strength and the power of Christ the Messiah may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. I love that part there. I love that part. We are in him. We are so much in him that even in our weaknesses, even in our infirmities, that it says that the strength and power of Christ will come and pitch a tent over us. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Those of us that's tried to put a tent together and, you know, the poles and the things in the dirt and everything, here comes Christ just pinching a tent right over us. And our weaknesses, we are strong in him. Amen? Amen. It is in him that we learn. We learn how to be. I once asked God when Kyle was called to be an evangelist and pastor, I said, oh, no, you've married the wrong girl. I'm not a pastor. I'm not like any of them. I can't be like them. I was measuring to myself and my standard because I know me. I know my flaws and all. But one day after praying and asking God, you know, when you ask God, he will answer. You just have to listen. 
He said, be who I've called you to be in the moment I've called you to be it. I said, okay, I can do that. I can do that. So I say to you this morning to be and to be in him. From your purpose to your weaknesses to your infirmities to your shortcomings to your successes to your, to your um, victories, be in him. Because he loves you and he is for you. Amen? Amen. As a daughter, I've also learned that ministry is just life. It's not a title. It's not a banner. It is life. I minister so much day to day. You can ask Yolanda Tegan. She was with me in the States. It's some of the weirdest, most incredible things ever <laughs> to the point that I'm going to start documenting a lot of these things in my life because it's so supernatural and so beyond me that I don't limit it to just these four walls. It's my everyday life. Ministry is life. I have learned just how free we really are in Christ. As we read here, it says that his grace is so sufficient for us against any danger, against any weakness, against any infirmity, against everything. We are equipped and we are so sufficient. We are abundantly sufficient and provided for in him. So now I want to go to Acts 17 and 28. I've been... Stuck on this scripture as well. <laughs> it's good to be in the word. Amen. Amen. Acts 17 and 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our very being. And even some of your own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. For in him we live In him we move, and him we have our very being. You know, everything hinges on being in him. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, this is something interesting in my studies, just in the letters from Apostle Paul alone, he referenced in Christ, in the Lord, in him 164 times. Just from the letters of the Apostle Paul. Paul knew that it took being in him to be able to be sufficient, to know who he is. You know, think about all the things that Paul went through. Shipwreck, jail, prison, establishing churches, making sure that they're preaching the gospel. Man, he knew the power of being in him. Our identity is in him. You know, I asked the Lord the question. I said, you know, the power of purpose being in him. What is our purpose here on this earth? We have to go to John 3.16. Because it tells us the reason why God even sent his son Jesus to this earth. And dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal and everlasting life. So what is our purpose here on this earth? Well, it says there for us to have everlasting, abundant, 
eternal life. It's the whole reason why God sent his son. You know, we, we would minister to teenagers, you know, years ago. And, you know, teens go through so much in life. You know, they just figuring themselves out, the temptations and everything. One of the teen girls that I was mentoring was just like, she had a boyfriend and kept going on and on and on about her boyfriend and how, you know, he was pressuring her to have sex and do these things. And why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? God don't want, God don't want. And I said this, I said, because God is love and he wants the very best for you. He's not saying don't do because he doesn't want you to do. He's saying because he wants the very best for you in your life. And is this momentary pleasure the very best for you right now? No. The very best for you is to find a good man that loves you, values you, respects you. This is for the single ladies today too. That loves you, values you, respects you, knows your heart because you are a queen and not a thing. Hello, daughters of God in here. Yes. So God says, wait, my child, find the husband that will marry you for you, that will love you for you, and then give yourself to him. Amen? Because God is love. He wants the very best for us. So our purpose here, as John 3.16 says, is to have abundant life, to have an everlasting life. So what do we do with this life? What do we do with this life? Yeah, we are in Christ. He is in us. And when I say that, you know, we're in Christ, it's not as like like being in a toolbox or anything like that. It's having all the sufficiency, you know, like tools in a toolbox. It's like having all the sufficiency for everything pertaining to this life. (laughs) It means united with him. The Bible even talks about he is the vine, we are the branch. It's becoming a part. It's a living. It's this organic thing that comes together, and we are just in him. We have everything that we need provided by grace through Jesus Christ. It's already made it available. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit that leads us, that guides us, that speaks to us. We have the word of God that is our instruction and our roadmap that tells us that we can apply to our heart, meditate on it day and night, and have good success. So in this life, yet it is a personal fulfillment of being in him. It's having an everlasting life. John 6 and 35 says that he is the bread of life. Let's actually go there. This is a good one. John 6 and 35. John 6 and 5. Jesus replied and said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. Being in him, you will never be hungry. You will never be without. And he who believes in and cleaves cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. So Jesus himself is saying, you have all sufficiency in me. You will never be in lack. You'll never not know. You'll have everything that you need. If you are in lack today, ask him. Ask him. Lord, what would you have me to do? 
What can I do? You know, I think of the fidget spinner. There was one in my bathroom this morning. I guess JoJo had tossed it in there. And I was looking at the fidget spinner, and I was like, wow, now it's a little fidget cube. You know, a little spinner for autism now is a little fidget cube that they've come out with. Can you imagine this invention that I think that it helps kids? I don't really know. I've not read the statistics, but it was made for a purpose. And then it, what was labeled into the realm of autism and, and disabilities, it then spread across every child. Children, did you get a fidget spinner? Yeah. How many of you kids uh, bought a fidget spinner? Yeah. See the hands? Even adults bought fidget spinners. Yeah, okay. So this little thing, a fidget spinner, and the person is probably no telling how much money this person has made over an invention of a fidget spinner. You know, and I don't know the person, but I believe that was a God thing, a God idea that came into this world. You know, I think about the Wright brothers from my home state, Orville and Wilbur, Wilbur that invented the airplane. You know, they took the scripture of, um, you know, uh, in the Bible about on the wings of an eagle. And they thought, you know what, I'm going to try to, um, they came from a Christian background. I'm going to try to make something that we can fly in. And they did. And look now, we have these massive airplanes going all over the world. These kids, they were kids. You're, you're American, right? No? No? Okay. Well, you, yeah, you're American. You've heard of Orville, Orville and Wilbur Wright, I'm sure. Yeah, you kids here have as well. I'm sure everybody has. Okay. So the airplane, they were Christians. They invented this massive thing in this earth. What a purpose they had set in this earth of inventing an airplane. And hopefully, I'm sure they've, you know, set for life. Who knows? But it's not just about money. It's about peace as well. Being in him, we have everything. We have fulfillment. We are never hungry. We never thirst. We have everything that we could possibly need. We have joy. We have peace. We have direction. We have um, substance, provision. We have everything that we need in this earth. We have good relationships. We're a good person. We're giving. So being in him brings personal fulfillment and everlasting life. The second thing that it brings is brother unity, to be able to share life. You know, being in Christ is not just an individual thing. It is a collective thing. It is a body thing. It is a family thing. It is a community thing. It's not possible to be in him without being in a body, being in the body, being in the community. You know, we meet our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ all the time. There's times I meet people and look at them, I'm like, you're Christian, right? And they're like, yeah, like I am too. I knew you were. You know, you've probably had those encounters as well. We know our family. We know our family. Amen? Jesus came. He abolished race, barriers, class, everything that normally divides. And he said, love one another. He has this banner of love one another. Being in him, we have the ability to love the unlovable, to go in places that may be doing things in those places and love them and care for them. I have to give a disclaimer right now. If you see me going into strip clubs, I really am ministering or going into clubs. I have had... Um, 
<laughs> Somebody's like, can I go too? <laughs> it's not open invitation. Pray and uh, ladies come to me <laughs> if you feel God's put this on your heart. But uh, yeah, God said to go in and love people, care for people, to hear his voice, to position ourselves in places that we may not normally go into, to hear his voice and to care and to love for people. So if you see me in the clubs or in a strip club, I've had one particularly that keeps liking everything on Radical, and I said, okay, we're coming to you. We are coming to you. Amen. 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 So the ability to love one another and to unite one another in a community. Number three, we receive radical, radical transformation in ourselves, and we are to... Obey the voice of God when it comes to the life of others. Let's go to, to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, wait, no. That's a good one. Ah, yeah, seven, yeah, 17 and 18. Therefore, if any person is in Christ and grafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. Old things pass away, all things become fresh and new. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, and brought us into harmony with himself. So he brought us into harmony with himself and has given us an everlasting life. And so it goes on to say, and to give us the ministry of reconciliation, our purpose, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So our purpose on this earth, of course, is being in him. Being in him brings us a personal fulfillment. It brings us an everlasting and abundant life that we never, ever are without. It brings us into unity as a body of Christ, that we have the ability to love one another, that we have the ability to forgive one another, that we're able to jointly unite together as a body, breaking down of race, breaking down barriers, breaking down class, breaking down if you're male or female, but coming together as one body with one purpose. And then it goes on to say to bring others into harmony with him. We all have the ministry of reconciliation, so the power of purpose is to reconcile, to go and share this good news with people that we come in contact with, to bring others into harmony with him. We have something that has birthed in the last couple of weeks. Our vision here at World Changers is understanding grace and empowering change. That we can, when we can come together to understand grace, we then are empowered to change in our life, to be able to give understanding of grace to other people so that they can be empowered to change as well. But we have three things, engage, equip, and empower. That's what we're doing. We're engaging with a community with the body of Christ, we are equipping them in the word of God through the teachings, through the discipleships, through the connect groups, through the Sunday morning teachings, and then we are empowering people in their purpose. 
Amen? So engage, equip, and empower. So the power of purpose to bring others into harmony with him. It's like, why would we ever want to hide our light underneath a bush? Why would we hide it? It's too good to hide. It's too good to hide. I want others, you know, just as other people that we've encountered, whether it's been in, in uh, young primary school or high school or teenage life or adult life, the people that come and run to try to put labels and tell others about the label that's on you, we need to tell others about how good God is. You know, my sister in Christ is launching this new amazing thing. You've got to be a part of it and check it out. You know, let's support our sister in this. She's going here to, to speak at this thing. Let's go and just be a part of what she's doing. Amen? I am so empowered, empowered, so focused of being in him. I have learned and learning even more that he is my source of all things. He is the source of all things when it comes to you. Your business, as I was sharing before, your business, don't limit. You may have enough and may be running over. Your barns may be full, but God says do not limit him. Set it up for your generations and generations to come and give to the church. Give to the community. Because when you are in him, you are not afraid. What did God say to most of the people? Joshua, before he went in to take over the land, he said, Do not be afraid. Do be of good cheer. Do not be discouraged because I am with you. So when you are in him, you are not afraid to give. You go to him and say, God, what do you want me to give today? Only see double digits. But he'll give you the ability to say, you know what? Give anyway. Because you're never in lack. You'll never go hungry. You'll never go thirsty. You will never be without. Some of you may have a business in you that you've just kind of been afraid to launch. Yeah? That you've been afraid to launch. But what if this? But what if that? And what if it's not successful? You know what? Place him right there. Place him in the center. Obey his voice. Be directed by him. And you will see great and mighty things. Amen? Amen. So I'm super excited. I'm super charged. I am just I am just on another level excited. Wes was at the house last night, and I was just rambling on about 500 things of, and this, and this. But are you excited, Wes? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. I said, Wes, you've got to be excited. <laughs> but it's such an exciting time to be in the body of Christ. It's such an exciting time to be able to fulfill our purpose in him. It's such an exciting time to be able to enjoy this life. You know, I love being in the Word of God. I, I love listening to my worship music, but I also love enjoying life that God has given. I love going to the beach. Yolanda and I were there yesterday and uh, just sitting on the bank and just enjoying the breeze and the sunshine. Found a little shade tree 
and just enjoy the life that God has given you. Enjoy one another. I went out with one of my sisters uh, last week, and we just walked all around Broadwater Parklands and just talked and shared, and, and I enjoyed it. We have the ability to get to know one another, to hear one another's story, to give the opportunity to empower one another, to equip one another, and to live this life together. Too many times we put up walls. It's just this wall of, you know what, Mm, I don't know. I just don't know if I can trust you. I don't know. You know, I've heard this. Get to know somebody. Get to know them for them. Take the walls down. Take them down. Radical ladies, for the Radical Women's Ministry, I am super charged. Let me tell you, I'll go ahead and give you a sneak peek. I'm going to give you an inside scoop. We are going to write a book together, those of you that want to. I want a book that says everything girly. We have so much wisdom in us. We have wisdom of how to get stains out of a shirt. We have wisdom of how to raise a teenager. We have wisdom of how to equip our sons and daughters in business. We have wisdom of no money date nights. We have wisdom in the realm of menopause. Ladies, we're going to talk about it. All right? In this church, we're going to talk about it. Amen? We're going we're gonna to write in this book confessions to other girls, radical gals. We're going to put down devotionals and scriptures, and recipes. Yes, healthy recipes, low-cost recipes, recipes to feed 50 people on a budget. We're going to do it. Everything girly. So radical gals, get your wheels a-turning. Get your little thought book out, and if there's something that you encounter that you're like, oh, this would be good to share, I'm going to jot this down because we're going to come together, and we're going to put a book together that's everything girly in this natural world and in this spiritual world too because too often we hide it or we just don't share it. But in this church, we're going to start sharing it. Amen? We're going to start engaging one another. We're going to equip one another, and we're going to empower one another. No longer will we have our walls up. No longer will we be divided. And men, don't feel left out. Don't feel left out. They got some things coming for you men as well. But thank you guys so much uh, for being here this morning. You know, the main thing is just being him. Be who he's called you to be in the moment he's called you to be it. And I don't know about you, but it takes the pressure off of me. It takes the pressure off of me because I know that when I'm in him, I can do all things because he gives me the strength. He gives me the wisdom. He gives me the guidance. He gives you the guidance. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day, and God bless.